you know, I'm a very, um, I'm a very meticulous person. I'm very meticulous. So I'm very on point when it comes down to stuff like that. So, but it's, but it's all good. I just wanted to, the OG just wanted to spank the youngin real quick before. Oh we man. Oh man. Listen, when my fiance get in, she's she going to tell me too. Uh, <laughs> salute, my brother. Man, man, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. So I want to, I want to jump right into it. Um, what song, what year, that made you fall in love with hip hop? Um, that's a great question. I mean, um, like I just said to you, I started DJing when I was twelve. I'm fifty four, so forty two years of DJing. But I probably fell in love with hip hop, you know, from the very, very beginning. Like you know, um. You know, from the you know, some people say the very first hip hop song is Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang that came out mm. in nineteen seventy nine. There was three hip hop songs that came out in nineteen seventy nine. Y'all gonna get a history lesson today. There was three hip hop records that came out in nineteen seventy nine. You had Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang, you had um Spoon and Rap by Spoonie G, and then you had King Tim the Third by the Fatback Band. So it all depends on who you ask which one of those records was the first hip-hop record. But technically, for me, I feel like Rapper's Delight was the very first hip-hop record. But they all came out in 1979. So the minute that Rapper's Delight came out... Um, uh, hey, yo, see, somebody trying to test my... my, my 40 Dog 4040. Personality jock is King Tim the Third. Don't test my knowledge. <laughs> 40 Dog 4040. Personality jock is AKA King Tim the Third by the Fact Back Band. Hey, yo, 40, 40, uh, 40, dog, 40, 40, chill out before we put you in the closet, man, and get you out of this lab. Don't touch my knowledge. <laughs> so anyway, so King Tim III is personality jock. Don't, don't do this to me. So in any event, Jeez. depending on who you're asking, one of those three records came out at the same time in 1979. So my thing is I fell in love with hip-hop from the very beginning with records like King Tim the Third that I just mentioned and Spoon and Rap by Spoonie G and Rapper's Delight. Um, but I started DJing, um, you know, uh, through my uncle. My uncle Barry and my next-door neighbor Anthony, may both of them rest in peace, they was DJing kind of like in the disco, what we call the disco breakbeat era. So that was at the time when you heard records like Good Times by Chic and the DJs would cut up, Good Times, boom, boom. Good times, if you know that song. And mm. that was like, but that was like, that was still the early stages of hip hop. And that's what we called the disco era. So from the very beginning that hip hop was really kind of incepted, um, I fell in love with it. Got you. Got you. Um, what, high, what high school did you go to? Um, I went to, I'm um, shout out to BK Chef Ed on the check-in. What's good? Um, I went to Sarah J. Hill High School in Brooklyn. Um, and it's crazy because um, I don't know if they do this. I don't know if they do this now with the, with the high schools in New York. But at that time, if you didn't get accepted into the school that you apply for, you would have to go to what's called your zone school. They still Meaning do it. The school that's nearest to your area or whatever. So they still do that. They still do that. Okay. So I really, I applied to go to a school called Edward R. Murrow High School. And Edward R. Murrow High School was a high school for radio broadcasting. And when I didn't get accepted to Edward R. Murrow, I had to go to my zone school, which was Sarah J. Hill High School. And at that time, Sarah J. Hill High School was a high school for cosmetology. It was a high school for doing hair and doing makeup and hair and all of that. Oh That's what Sarah God. J. Hill was known for <laughs> at that time. 
back in the um in the in the uh early in the late seventies, early eighties. And yeah, yeah, in the early eighties it was a school known for cosmetology. So um that's the school that I went to. So you know, some people from Bedstar, Brooklyn, where I'm from, your zone school was either Sarah J. Hale or your zone school was Boys and Girls High School, but my zone school was Sarah J. Hale High School, which was a school for cosmetology. But I lucked up because when I got to Sarah J. Hale, that's when I first met Big Daddy Kane. We both went to the same zone school to, to Sarah J. Hale High School. He, was, then, he wasn't going there for cosmetology either. Nah, that was his zone school. That was that was both <laughs> our zone school. So um, that's where I met Kane at, Big Daddy Kane at, at Sarah J. Hale High School. And then, you know, just a quick fast forward, then I eventually got on Hot 97 in 1993. And I got on Hot 97, which was radio broadcasting. So mm -hmm. basically, Edward R. Murrow, which was the school that I applied for for radio broadcasting that didn't accept me, screw you. I got into radio broadcasting anyway later on down the line by being on Hot 97 for 21 years, you know, from 1993 to 2014. So I didn't really even need Edward R. Murrow High School. I got I got on radio eventually on my own. Without it. Salute. 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 Um... How, how many albums did, did you did you put out with Kane? Um, me and Kane, we put out six albums together from 1988 to 1994. We put out six albums together. The first album was Long Live the Kane. The second album was It's a Big Daddy Thing. The third album was Taste of Chocolate. The fourth album was Prince of Darkness. Um, the fifth album was... Um, uh, I'm trying to name them. I know Looks Like a Job for was another album that we did. Oh, and then the sixth album was Daddy's Home. Yeah, so we put out six albums from 1988 to 1994. And in, 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 in doing those albums and touring for Big Daddy Kane, do you have a favorite tour moment being on the road with Kane? Um, well, I, I, I'll tell y'all one, one, one funny, one funny tour moment. Um, shout out to Robbie Rob on the check-in. One um, tour moment um, we had went to Europe, and this was like our first time ever going to Europe. We was in London, our first European tour, and um, that was when when we went to Europe. This was definitely '88, and when we went to um, Europe, that was my first experience having sex with a girl on the road. You know what I mean? So that that was my first time breaking my virginity as far as having sex with a girl on the road was in Europe. So. That's um, a story. So, <laughs> so, um, but back then, don't ask me why flow away, but the, back then, the kind of underwear that I was wearing was like tiger print underwear. I used to wear like the tiger print, <laughs> the tiger print underwear, not the boxes neither. The, the, oh my God. The tidy whities the tidy whities <laughs> underwears, bro. The, but it was like leopard print, the black and yellow, and the, I had all different flavors. So, that was my, my first experience having sex with a girl on the road in Europe. Kane, Scoop, and Scrap, they saw me wearing the tiger print briefs, you know? And so they started calling me Nasty African. So, <laughs> so if, you look on the, if you look on the second album of It's a Big Daddy Thing that came out in 1989, on the back of the album, you'll see all of our pictures on the back of the album. And all of us have like a code name, like a slang name. And my slang name was N.A., Nasty African. And that's why they called me Nasty African. Jesus. So that's just Jesus. one of 
one of many stories, bro. Listen, at, 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 at least you didn't. But look, you could say, hey, listen, I didn't lose my virginity in Brooklyn. You could say I didn't lose my virginity in Brooklyn. I well, yo, I, I feel like I feel like I feel like nah, I feel like maybe <laughs> I should have lost. Well, remember, I'm saying that was my first experience losing virginity on the road. Okay, not my first time losing virginity. Period. Okay, Just my first okay. time Clear. losing my virginity on the road, having sex on the road. Got you. But I, you know, they, they, that's where I got the name. If people, if people on the live remember when Kane used to call me nasty African. That's where the name came from, because I used to wear leopard drawers, underwear. <laughs> that was some freaky shit. <laughs> the tidy whities man. Listen, did she like it? That's all, Listen, that's all that matters. She liked it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, yo, I don't know what made me be in, you know, I was a teenager at the time. You know, teenagers, you, you're a teenage. I mean, I know it's different growing up now than when I grew up back in the 80s, but, you know, you be in a teenager and you just trying and doing different things, and so, I don't know. That was That was like what I thought was the fly thing to do. Like, you know, I'm gonna I'm a wear some leopard underwear so I'm with a chick. They see me with the leopard drawers on. Like, you I, don't, flash. I don't know, bro. <laughs> you trying to be fresh. Somebody said they're putting that on the T-shirt. Somebody said what? They're putting that on the T-shirt. Yeah, like, you know, like that was, I don't know, man. Between that and wanting to have a mustache so fast, wanting to grow a mustache so fast, I was so quick to try to be a man at a young age trying to get a mustache now. I don't. I don't even like hair on my face now. Like I, I re respect to all the brothers like you that got the beards and all that. I can't. I can't stand <laughs> can't hair on my face. <laughs> but when I was when I was younger, I, I used to fiend to have a mustache because I wanted to look grown. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. As you get older, you want to look younger. Is that what it is? Uh, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's looking younger, Flo. I just think. I just feel like in my older age, I don't want no hair on my face. I don't like no hair on my head. I don't like no hair on my face. I just. It, it irritates me, man, to the fullest. Like it doesn't. I don't. I don't like no hair on my face at all. So, um, I don't know. Keep it clean. Keep it clean. Well, I'm not there yet. I'm trying to keep all my hair. Man. Um, until I start losing it, then that's when I cut it all off. Say it again. I said I'm gonna keep all my hair until I start losing it. That's when I cut it all off. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, or so so you're gonna keep it until you lose it, or you're gonna keep it until you start use start using the um Beijing and the just for me. No, no, no. So, until, until I lose it, once it, once it start to go away, like the minute my family it go away in the middle here first. So once it start to go away there in the top, it's over. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm take it right on off then. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I don't know, man. I just as I got older, the more I got older, it's just like, man. Get rid of the hair, and it's not, it's not, it's, I don't, it's like I said, for me, it's not even trying to be young, it's just that that's my personality pretty much. And, um, I'm just knock on wood, knock on wood, I'm just blessed 54, no gray hairs, you know, no, no, no fake hairlines, no, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just blessed at 54 that I don't, I don't have to try to look like somebody that I'm not, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's talk Notorious BIG for a minute. Um, you know, you were very instrumental in his career. Everyone knows that. What was your thoughts? What was the record that you first heard big, and what was your thoughts? It was the big, it was the big Daddy Kane record, right? Yeah, the first, the first joint that I heard from Big was a demo. Mm -hmm. Um, the first joint I heard from Big was a demo, um, and it was um Fifty Grand's. It was Fifty Grand, which was Biggie's first DJ. <clears throat> he played the demo for me, and um, and um. Uh, for child to anybody that saw the Biggie documentary, that I got a story to tell. Um, no, super dope. He, he played the demo for me. I'm gonna play the demo on the live right now, real quick. 
Um, one second. Let me unplug my laptop. Let me unplug the Bible. The Bible is here. The Bible. The Jesus. It's a lot of music in there. So, um, hold on, Flo. So, um, yeah, so Biggie, so Biggie's first DJ, 50 Grand, played me this demo with Biggie rapping on it. And ironically, this was like, this was like 1991. And ironically, when he played the demo for me, Biggie was rapping to the same beat that me and Big Daddy Kane used for Ain't No Half Stepping. The same sample. The sample was a song called um, Blind Alley by a group called The Emotions. So Biggie was actually rapping to the same sample that me and Kane used for Ain't No Half Stepping. So here's the demo. Here's the actual original demo that I first heard from Big. Check it out. Yo, we got DJ 50 Grand, Big T, RC, and Money, and the undisputed B.I.G., that's me. A whole lot of niggas want Big to make a demo tape, especially that bum-ass nigga R. This going out to you, nigga. Recognize. Yo, 50, what's this? It's a demo. It's a demo. It's a demo. It's a demo. It's a real demo. It's a 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 dem
he would always talk with his head down and just be like, yo, bro, don't be, yo, man, don't be telling me you're going to do something, man. If you can't do it, you know, just, and I'm like, bro, we're going to submit it to the Source Magazine for Unsigned Hype, and we're going to take it from there and see what happens. And that's what I did. Wow. Wow. It's hard to believe. I've heard a few people say that, that Big was shy. It's hard to believe that, especially the way he rapped and the way he flowed on records. It's just, it's just hard to believe that he was a shy dude like that. Yeah, he was a very shy, he was very, very shy, very one-worded, two-worded. Even the, the first meeting, <clears throat> the first meeting with me, him, and Puff at, at when we met at Uptown Records. Because um, a lot of people don't know, Biggie was originally signed to Uptown. He was not signed to Bad Boy first. He was signed to Uptown. Right. And when we had our first meeting at Uptown, Biggie, you know, Biggie let me do all the talking. He was shy. He was like, yo, I ain't going to say nothing, you know. You know, just do all you do. Just whatever you say, see, whatever. <clears throat> Um, Biggie didn't even know who Puff was when we first met with Puff. He didn't. He didn't even know who. I had to explain to Big who Puff was. Um, so I had to. I had to tell Big that hey, you know, Puff used to be a dancer, and at that time, Puff was really famously known for doing the um, celebrity basketball game that that ended with people getting trampled. I don't know if you know that story that. He had an infamous celebrity basketball game in the early 90s, um, Puff did, and people got trampled at the game, and a lot of people got killed and got trampled. Mm -hmm. So Puff was kind of like infamously known about that. So I had to explain to Big, yo, he used to be a dancer, and he was the one that was, it was at City College, and he was involved in the City College that. basketball game. And so when I said that, Big was like, oh, okay, I know, okay, I heard of Duke. I heard of Duke, okay, no. So I'm like, <laughs> we go to Uptown. And Big was like, yo, you just do all the talking. So Big, um, Puff was trying to get Big to talk, and he wouldn't talk. <clears throat> and then, but, but he told Big to kick a rhyme. And then he spit. And when he kicked the rhyme, then Puff was like, yo, man, I can have a record out on you by the summer. Would you be cool with that? And then Puff, um, Big was like, yo, man, just talk to C, man. Whatever C say, you know, just talk to C, you know. Everything was like, at, at that early stage, everything was thrown <laughs> to me. Can you, can you recall when Robin spit? I do not remember the rhyme. Wow. It might have been it might have been the microphone murderer demo. It might have been that. I don't remember the rhyme. I know when he after he kicked it, because it, it was a cappella. And after he kicked it, Puff was like, Yo, I can have a record out on you by the summer. Would you be cool with that? And he was like, Yo, man, talk to C, man, you know. The crazy thing is, is that um the other thing, the other story that people a lot of people don't know is that uh I was actually shopping big. I was getting ready to put out an I was trying to put out an album myself. I'm going to play another song for you. I'm going to give you another treat on your live tonight. So I was um shopping um I was um trying to shop my own album, the Mr. C album. And uh hold on. Okay. So yo, I was um shopping a Mr. C album. Because at that time, this is still 91, 90, it's like 92 now. Um, you had people like Pete Rock from Pete Rock and CL Smooth. He had like his own record out called The Creator. You had Kid Capri that had an album out called mm -hmm. The Tape. You had Terminator X from um, Public Enemy. He had his own album out. So I was trying to do a Mr. C album. And I was shopping a five-song demo to different record labels. Mm -hmm. One of the songs was actually me rhyming. 
I don't have the song, so don't ask me to play it. I don't have the song on my laptop. Yes. It was actually a song that I was rapping on. <laughs> there was a song that I did with Blase Blase. I don't know if you remember Blase Blase, but they, Blase Blase had a big record in the 90s called When the East is in the House. Oh, my God. Danger. They had this big record. I don't remember it. Do you remember or you don't? I don't. Okay, let me play. Let me play that for you first. So, and I was the I was the actual role manager. Okay, this is the Blase Blase record that was really big in the nineties. Called it's called Danger, but we know it as When the East is in the House. When you hear it, I guarantee you, you know it. Listen. Oh my God. When the East is in the house, oh my God. When the East is in the house, oh my God. Oh my God. Put out the word, Razi has emerged. Surge most preferred from the verbs and words I finesse. Try your best to diagnose when I hope you get to close. I've heard it. Okay, this was a big record in the 90s, and I was actually their road manager. A lot of people don't know that. It's a lot of history of Mr. C. I was actually their road manager. So anyway, I had a Mr. C demo to shop my album. There was one song with me rapping on it. There was one song with Blase Blase. The song was called Jackpot. I don't have that in my laptop. And then there was a song that Biggie had that I did with Big called Biggie Got the Hype Shit. All right? So I'm shopping the, the album, the five-song demo, and everybody's like, yo, man, the songs is all right, but who's this Biggie Smalls dude on the demo? So... Me shopping my album turned into from me shopping my album to everybody asking about who's this Biggie dude, who's this Biggie got the hype shit, who's this dude. So basically, the record labels was like, "Yo, we don't care about your album. We want to know about <laughs> we want to know about the Biggie dude." Jeez. So this is the joint that I was shopping from the Mr. C album. This joint is not available nowhere. You can't find it. It's not available nowhere. And if you do find it online, it probably came from when I played it on Hot 97, and I, it got, like, Hot 97 tags on it all over it. So this is called Biggie Got the Hype Shit. And this was on Mr. C's album demo, 1992. Listen. <laughs> So that's why people was like, we don't care about your album. We want to know who this dude is. <laughs> and that was the song that I had from the Mr. C album demo. And so I already had a buzz going with Big with people like Def Jam Records and, and people from the Jive Records and different record companies hollering at me with Big for the album, for the Mr. C album. And then the Source Magazine came up and then I submitted Biggie's demo that he did with 50 Grand for the Source Magazine. But a lot of people don't know about the Mr. C album story because everything started picking up from the demo that we submitted to the Source Magazine. Wow. Wow. You're getting some jewels tonight, Flo. Wow. You're getting some jewels. Exclusive. 
<laughs> I like this, man. <laughs> um, see, so the so being that big with sign, I, I, I I'm I'm always it gets a little fuzzy. Um, I, I study a lot with Big, right? And I watch a lot of the documentaries, but it gets a little fuzzy with me when it comes to that he was signed to Uptown and a part of the album, Ready to Die, that she was, that she was um, one of the executive producers on, was already, like, half the album was already done, right? Before he left yeah. Yeah, so basically, so for everybody that's on the live, right, and even even you, Flo Wade, for everybody that's on the live, when you get a minute, when you get a minute, I'm going to drop some, hey, hey, yo, Clive, Shout out to my good friend Clive Shaw in the check-in. Clive, I see you. What's good? Um, for everybody that's on this live and, and for, for Flowway, give you a little history. I want y'all to do some homework. When you get a minute, you know, I want y'all to take a listen to Ready to Die album. And when you listen to Ready to Die album, when you listen to a record like Give Me the Loot, um, when you listen to a record like the actual song Ready to Die, you're going to hear Biggie's voice very high pitch. His voice is very high pitch. I'm ready to die. And you know, like, my man in, in the group, in the crib, you had to do a bid. His voice is very different. You can see the growth. You can hear the growth of the album. Right. Now, it's not even growth. I'm, I'm going to break it down to you. So when you listen to songs like that compared to Who Shot Ya, Juicy, Big Papa, Unbelievable, those four songs that I just mentioned, his voice sounds much deeper. Who Shot Ya? You know what I mean? Like, it was all a dream. It's like his voice is more deeper. So what happened was half of the Ready to Die album, he was signed to Uptown. Half of the Ready to Die album was with Uptown Records. He recorded it with Puff, with Uptown. Then what happened was Andre Harrell basically fired Puff from Uptown. After, then when he fired Puff, MCA around the same time, MCA had told Andre Harrell they got to drop Biggie off the label. Right. Because Biggie did a song called Dreams of F and the R&B, bitch. If y'all know about that song. That's my shit. So when Biggie did the Dreams of F and the R&B, bitch record, he was disrespecting artists that was on MCA, like Patti LaBelle, Raven Simone, who was a kid at the time. He right. talked about he wanted to have sex with these women. So the powers that be at MCA told Andre Harrell, this dude Biggie is being disrespectful. You got to drop him. So they dropped Big off of MCA, and then they fired Puff. Now, they didn't fire Puff because of the big record. They got they fired Puff because of other reasons. Mm -hmm. But half of the album was already done. Half of the Ready to Die album was done for Uptown. So then, maybe a half a year, eight months later, Puff gets the deal with Clive Davis and Arista, and they do the bad boy deal with Clive Davis and Arista. And so Puff had to make a decision. Do I scrap the whole first half of Ready to Die? Do I redo the whole album over? Or do I buy those songs? Because technically, Puff didn't own the songs. Andre Harrell owned them. Facts. So Puff had to make a decision. Do I buy the songs from Andre and then just finish the rest of the recording of Ready to Die? And that's exactly what Puff did. He brought the, the masters from Andre the first half of the Ready to Die album, he brought it from Andre and then finished recording with Big the other half of the album. And what happened in that process was simply Biggie's voice just got deeper because Biggie was a kid. Right, you can hear it. You can and hear Biggie's it in songs got like Give Me a Little Party and Bullshit. You can hear that. You can hear the difference. Like when you said it, it automatically, 
clicked to me. Um, so Biggie's voice got deeper with Juicy, Big Papa, um, Unbelievable, Who Shot Your Voice just naturally got deeper. So, but it's rumored that Puff brought those songs for Andre Harrell for like a million dollars. That's what that's the rumor. Jeez. Well, he but, had got what five million? I think he had got from Clive Davis. So, I, think I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember what the initial deal was, but it's a rumor that he brought it. Some people say eight hundred thousand. Some people say a million. But at the end of the day, no matter what he brought it from Andre Rest for, peace, it was still a bargain. Because look what Ready to Die did. did. Jesus. So, but yeah, when y'all, you know, listen to that Ready to Die, you, then you'll see the difference in, in his voice on certain songs. Because it was recorded, the Ready to Die album was basically recorded in a two year time period, a year and a half time period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can, you, can you recall the energy in New York at the time that Ready to Die was released? Well, basically, you know, hands down, Biggie, Biggie, Biggie brought the East Coast, Biggie, Biggie brought. East Coast hip hop back to life, hands down, single handedly. He brought East Coast hip hop, not just New York, but just East Coast. He brought it back because Snoop Dogg and Dre was killing us, you know, with the Chronic and the uh, Chronic album and the Doggy Style album. They was killing us. So, and we had some successful rappers from the East Coast, you know, like we had some success, but they wasn't, you know, they wasn't, um, they were successful. But they wasn't like super superstars, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like we had the Onyx of the world, we had the Nice and Smooths of the world, we had Leases of the New School, you know. If you if if there was one superstar group at the time, you know, probably Naughty by Nature was that one superstar group, and then Wu Tang was that other superstar group. Um, but you know, as far as a solo act, even Nas, you know, Nas came out, you know, uh. 90, what did, when did, when did Nas come out? 90, 90, okay, Big came out in 94, Nas came out, yeah, about around the same time, so, but Big just basically single-handedly, um, you know, just brought East Coast hip-hop back to life, you know, just gave us some life, because we was, like I said, we had successful rappers, but we didn't have the superstars that, that Dre and Snoop and that whole Death Row was. So that that just tells you right there what the climate was. It was just we was happy. We was everything was big, 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 man. We had every car, every radio station, every mixtape was all about big at the time. Every club, big. That's what it was. How, how did you hear about Big's passing? Where were you, where were you at the time? Um. Well, if, if you saw the documentary, um, shout out to anybody that watched the I Got a Story to Tell documentary. Um. Fred Bugs, um, legendary New York radio personality. He's known as Bugsy. That's my guy. Um, he called me in the middle of the night on the morning of March 9th. And he um, told me that he heard that Biggie got shot in L.A. And I need to look into it. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, Bugs, you bugging, man. Get out of here, man. I'm going back to sleep. But when you hear some news like that in the middle of the night, you can't go back to sleep. It kind of just throws you off. And so I'm tossing and turning, trying to fight my way back to sleep. And then as I'm tossing and turning in the bed, I just see a picture of Big, like a silhouette of Big looking at me in the middle. It was like daybreak in the middle of the night going into daybreak. I see a silhouette of Big looking at me. But it was actually Biggie's Juicy plaque. Because at that time in my crib in Bed-Stuy, I had a Biggie plaque on the opposite wall in my bedroom. 
and so the, and and Big's picture was on the juicy plaque, gold gold um, album plaque, and Big's face was like literally looking at me from the plaque, and that's what made me just say I got to get up and see what's going on. So I got up and um, something just told me to take a drive to Hot 97, and I took a cab and went to Hot 97, and when I got there, that's when the reality hit that he had passed away. You know, Angie Martinez was there and Lisa Evers was there. And that's when the re reality settled, settled in. And then we was all crying up there, me, Angie Martinez, and um, um, Lisa Evers. But what we decided to do was just go on air. Actually, our program director at the time, Tracy Clority, she just gave us a suggestion like, y'all should just go on air. Um, it probably would be therapy for y'all to go on the air and just talk about him and talk about him to the listeners. And that's exactly what we did. We just went on the air and we let the listeners call in. It was a lot of crying, a lot of grieving. A lot of celebs called in that day. People, you know, that was all in L.A. for the Soul Train Awards. They called in. But it was like, um, it was very sad, but it was it was also therapeutic because, um, you know, um, we got to we got to grieve and, 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 and to talk about our guy, you know what I mean? And, uh, and to share it you know, with the listeners, and they got to grieve their hero as well. So, I think that was the best thing we could have did that day. You know. Do Do you recall your last conversation? Well, my the last time I saw Big alive, last time I spoke to him, and the last time I saw him alive, he was in the hospital. This is when he was in the car accident. If anybody remembers when Biggie was in the car accident with Lil C's. Um, even if you saw the hypnotized video, he's actually walking around with a cane in the hypnotized video because he was still recovering from his a car accident with him and Lil C's that he was in a car accident. And that's the last time I saw Big. I went to Jersey to see him in the hospital. And we always had we always had this greeting when um I would see him or talk to him. My real name, my real la my last name is LeBron. His last name is Wallace. So anytime we would greet each other on the phone. Or if we would see each other in person, he would always call me LeBro. Even though my last name is LeBron, he would be like, LeBro. And I'd be like, <laughs> Wallace. Like, that's how we always greeted each other. And so I remember going in, um, walking in that hospital room. Yo, he had a big hospital room. That, that room looked like a suite. Yeah, he had like a big <laughs> hospital room. Bro, I've never seen a hospital room that big. It was in New York? It was in Jersey. And I can't remember the I, I can't remember the name of the hospital, so don't even. But yo, it looked like yo that hospital <laughs> the hospital looked like a suite, bro. Jeez, a big and he had the corner. It was I remember it was the corner, you know, the corner of the floor, you know, like you know it, he would you know he had to go all the way to the end of the the hallway to his room. Um, it was like a corner office. It looked like it was as big as a it was a big ass um hospital room. But that was the last time that I saw him alive and spoke to him and we just had small talk you know just it was nothing um it was nothing um greatly important that was said we was just having small talk um <laughs> talking about him getting back on his feet and um and so on and so forth and uh um we was you know talking about C's talking about how he crashed the car you know what I mean or whatever the case is joking on C's and it was just me and him there was nobody there but wow. me and him and I stayed with him uh, maybe 45 minutes to an hour, but it was a lot of small talk. Not, not nothing. Um, we didn't even talk about music too much. We really didn't. We just, it was just small talk. Um, and, uh, and that was the last time I seen him talk to him. Wow. 
You all right, Flo? You all right? I'm good, man. You give me a story here, man. I, I, you give, I, it, wow. Say it again? I say, I say you're giving us a story here. Oh, okay. um, see, can, can, you, can you elaborate how important a DJ is to an artist's career? Well, the DJ is definitely important to the artist's career, more, you know, now more than ever. I feel like, I feel like, um, the, I feel like the DJs are not um, appreciated as much as they should be. Um, but I feel like the DJ is, 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 is um, important now more than ever, especially with COVID going on, right? So you got mm -hmm. COVID going on and um, a lot of these artists can't get to the radio stations to get their record played. A lot of these artists can't get to a concert and perform these records that they want to break. So now you need to DJ more than ever. Of course, you you got social media, you got your TikToks, you got all of that of the world. But now with all these DJs going live, now you need to DJ more than ever to support your music. But you know, it's um the the, the thing that I don't like to see. Um, there's a couple of things I don't like to see with the artists not getting recognized. I don't like that rappers, a lot of rappers don't acknowledge their DJ. So you got rappers, the, the most famous rappers in the world, they got a DJ. That DJ's for them at concerts. Mm -hmm. But they don't they don't acknowledge them. They don't shout their name out on records. They don't they don't even, you know, they don't even acknowledge them. It used to be a time, and I'm not saying this, I, I don't want to come off like the old man, but you know, the era that I came from in hip hop. Big Daddy Kane would write a rhyme and then he would put Mr. C in the lyric. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or, or you know, or Rakim. It was called, it was Eric B. and Rakim. And it was Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Or Run DMC would, would mention Jam Master J in a rhyme. Or, Premier, or, or Guru would mention DJ Premier in the rhyme. Right? right. Premier name wasn't even a part of Gangstar. But Guru made sure he would mention Premier name in the rhyme. You don't even hear that with these rappers today. And every every rapper got a DJ. Every last one of them. The most famous. And when they get rapper, them awards, when they get them trophies, you don't hear them think no DJ. At and, all. and 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 your show, your show does important. not come off without the DJ. Fact. So I don't the only one, the only rapper that I see acknowledge his DJ is is um is Drake. Because Drake's DJ name is Future. And if you listen to a lot of Drake's records, he always shouts out Future in the record. And people think when he's talking about Future, they think he's talking about Future the rapper. A lot of rap rhymes that Drake is saying, he's actually talking about Future, his DJ. Mm -hmm. So Drake is probably the only one that acknowledges... I've seen him. Wayne do it too. You know what I mean? So Wayne, Wayne's done it too with DJ T. Lewis. That's my guy So, you know, um, so a lot of these rappers don't acknowledge their DJ enough. Even with the verses... Salute to Swiss Beats, salute to Timberland. They, they, they are, they, both of them are legendary DJs, but they both come from the essence of DJing. And to me, I do not like the fact in the verses that you see the artists, but their DJ is either not seen or they're in the background and they're not acknowledged in the verses. I don't like that. Because if Brandy and Monica is doing a verses, and they both got their DJ there, they have to drop the record at the right time to get the right response in that versus for them to look good. Correct. So um, sometimes it falls on the artist. Sometimes it falls on the setup, the way things are set up. So back to the verses, I don't like the fact that the DJ is not acknowledged. Even if 
I know sometimes in the verses they'll have a DJ start the verses off, and then they have a DJ do a, uh, a verses after party. That I'm with that. But during the verses, come on, man, acknowledge your DJ at some point during the verses because if they're not dropping your record at the right time during that versus battle, you're not looking good. Absolutely. So those are the points. Those are a couple of things that I don't like to see in the art of the DJ not being recognized. But the DJ is definitely more important than ever. And it's really up to the DJ themselves to not sell themselves short. Don't sell yourself short. Even if you're on a big platform to where you're getting a look, make sure you get the proper look. You know, and I, and I know there's a lot of DJs that probably they feel like I'm not in, to, in position to say what I want. Yeah, you are. Because if you don't speak up, then how is somebody going to know what you like and what you don't like? You feel what I'm saying? So, close, my grandma used to say, close mouth, don't get fat. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter how popular you are or how big of a DJ you are. Speak your mind about what you want or what how, how, how you feel like you want your role to be played in whatever you're trying to do. Um, speak up because you're never going to get anything done if you, unless you speak up as a DJ and and make sure that you're represented the right way. So... That's how I feel about that. Wait, wait, great, great, great advice to all the DJs out there. It's a lot of DJs on the check-in. Um, see, you, you was on Hot 97 for 21 years, right? 20, 20 years? Yeah, 21, 21 years. years. Um, if, if you didn't go through what you went through in 2011 and 2013, would you have still been on Hot? Yeah, I definitely would have still been on Hot 97. If I didn't, if I didn't um, you know, my story is well documented. Everybody, you know, that probably know my story. Um, if I didn't go through the um, the setbacks that I went through in 2011, 2013, I definitely probably would have still been at Hot 97. And um, But that's not, you know, people, a lot of people think I left Hot 97 because of that. That's not why I left Hot 97. And people, or people think that I got fired from Hot 97. People really don't know the real story of why <clears throat> I left Hot 97. Um, they they kind of, because everything kind of happened around the time when everything was going on with my personal life, when I left Hot 97, the other stuff, stuff with my personal life was going on. So people think that I left because of what was going on in my personal life. Because there was a time when I, if you remember, you remember I left, then I came back the next yeah. day, I resigned and I came back. Right. When, I left in, when I left in 2014, I left on my own terms. Like I just unexpectedly, I did the throwback at noon without no warning, without anybody, and without me telling a soul at Hot 97, I got on the air at the throwback at noon on November 21st, 2014. I, I went on the air and said, this is my last show. I didn't tell so no one knew, not flex. Nobody I didn't knew. tell nobody. You hear me? You hear me? I didn't tell a soul. There was only one person on earth that knew what I was going to do, and that was my best friend, Hollywood, that rolls with me every time I do parties. Childhood friend. He knew <clears throat> He knew from, from the day before. He knew that I was going in there and I was going to resign. But I did not tell a soul. I didn't tell management. I didn't tell Flex. I didn't tell absolutely nobody when I resigned. And the reason why I resigned was because because I, I saw the station going in a different direction as far as them starting to bring in new talent. And I felt like if I didn't leave at the time that I left, somebody was going to eventually tap me on the shoulder and be like, yo, it's your time. You got to break out. So I felt I felt it coming. And so, you know, it's like what Jay-Z said, I don't get dropped, I drop the label. Correct. 
You know what I mean? And I'm not. This is not. A, this is not a stab at Hot 97, but that's just how I felt. It's like I knew what was getting ready to happen with newer talent getting ready to come in. The 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 the, the manager, the, the powers that be at Hot 97 wanted to go in a different direction. And my thing is, it could have been in the next six months. It could have been the next eight months. And next year, two years, five years. My thing is, let me walk away from this now before somebody tapped me on the shoulder and be like, yo, man, are we going to take you off every day and just put you on once a week? Are we going to take you off every day and, you know, we're going to set, you know, scale you back? My thing is, you have to know when it's time to walk away. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing, too, is I was always big on, um, and this is something that Flex, that Flex did know. I was always big that I didn't want to be at Hot 97 at 50 years old. I, I, it was always stuck in my head, and this is before anything happened with me getting arrested in 2011 and 2013. Way before that, I always had said in my mind, I want to leave Hot 97 by the time I'm 50. I don't want to be at Hot 97 at 50. That was always in my head. When I left Hot 97, I was 48. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was um, yeah, 48. I was 48 years old when I left Hot 97. So, um, uh. So that was a part of it, too. Me knowing that I'm getting ready to approach 50. Then me knowing that the new blood is coming in. And I might be on the chopping block. I might be on the chopping block. I, I wasn't told that I was a chopping block. I didn't, wasn't told. But my thing is that you got to know when it's time to break out, when it's time to break. You got to know when to leave. You got to know when it's your time. And right. so now I could have done it the way I did it was, you know, the station didn't like the way that I did it because I remember I told you I did it unexpectedly. Right. So I got I got escorted out the building. So when I when I made the announcement on the air, I was on the air, I was I did the throwback in noon for like 20 minutes. When we went into commercial, they told me, yo, you see, you gotta leave. You gotta leave, man. We and you know, and they escorted me out the building. Which is cool, which is cool, which was which is which is cool because like I said, I did it unexpectedly. I didn't inform management that I was doing it. So, but I, I but I wasn't disrespectful About on that last day. I just said this is my last day. I will always love Hot 97. I was thanking the listeners or whatever, but I didn't inform management. So they felt they felt the way about it and um and we, you know, we you know, we they felt the way about it and we made up maybe I'm going to say five to six months later after that whole incident, we, you know, I, we made up and I, I apologize to everybody in upper management and everybody that was involved and everything is cool. You know, we, we kind of made up maybe five, six months later, but I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad that they escorted me out. They felt the way of the way that I left. It was more them being upset with me than me being upset with them. Cause I wasn't upset that I was leaving. Right. But they forgave me. You know, I, I let the air clear for a while, and then I reached back to some important people in the building and in management, and we squashed everything, and everything got moved on. But, you know, but uh, it basically, I just felt that it was time. And it was the best thing. You know, it's crazy because when I left, I, I was I was scared to death. I was scared to death because it's like it's the fear of the unknown. You've been somewhere for 21 years, bro. Comfortable. And you don't know. I did that. I did that not knowing what my next move was going to be. I had no plan. I didn't know what I was going to do. Wow. I didn't know what, what my next move was going to be. I didn't have a job offer. I didn't have nothing in the can. So I, I, I will never forget when I left the station that day, I went to the parking lot, got in my car, and sat in my car for like two hours outside the parking lot 
a couple of blocks from the station, sitting there like, okay, idiot, what you gonna do next? Like, I just sat in my car for like two Steve, hours. Did, like, Steve, did what? you did you think that your career was over at that time? Nah, like, I never thought that. Nah, that, that nah, I never thought that. Ready, did you ever think I like, never thought that. I never thought that. That I never thought. I never thought my career was over. Cause you gotta remember, what, you gotta understand where I come from, bro. I come from Bed Stuy. You know, Bed Stuy, do or die. You know what I mean? So that's that's always been the saying. Um, Bitch, die, do or die. So, I, I, you know, one thing about me, I'm from Bitch, die, and I'm a Leo. So, you know, coming from Bitch, die, it's like, you don't quit, you don't quit. And me being a Leo, I'm a very aggressive person, very aggressive. I'm not, I'm not, um, a person that sit back and wait. I'm very aggressive. So I never, I never thought my career was over. I just was, I was just sitting in that car like, okay, 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 Calvin, what you gonna do now? <laughs> How you gonna recover? Yeah, you know, this is now, this is my conscience talking to me. One side is Calvin, one side is Mr. C. All right, Calvin, what you gonna do next? And I sat there for two hours. My phone was blowing up. Everybody and their mama hit me up. I didn't answer nobody. I just sat in my car for like two hours, maybe three, and just was like, what I'm gonna do? And I, but. During that whole time of sitting in that car, I was scared to death. Scared to death. I it took it took bro, it took like at least three days after November twenty first, twenty fourteen. It took like three days after that to, to get myself into a flow of what I needed to do. That first three days, I sat in the house in the dark, scared to death. Not no, not knowing what my next move was gonna do, was gonna be, and but it, but as the, that first, second day, third day, I started picking it up and getting it together, and so I started putting my plan in place of what what I needed to do as far as recreating myself, because the thing is, the thing is, flow is that, like I told you earlier, I knew I wanted to leave the station before fifty, but I had a certain plan of what I wanted to do when I left, so when I left unexpected. The plan of what I wanted to do next was was not in place. So now I left unexpected, and I have no plan. So I just had to figure. I had to rush to figure out because the plan of what I wanted to do was nowhere in sight. So I had to rush to think of another plan and put that in gear. And so that and at maybe three days, I can make three to five days, mm -hmm. and I started figuring out, and I started getting in gear of what I needed to do. See, was you, was you surprised at the people who turned their back on you at that time? Um, well, you talk about the time I got arrested. The, the time that I got, the times I got arrested, twenty eleven and twenty thirteen. Yeah, I was a lot of people. Um, there's some people that I don't speak to to this day that I've had twenty five, thirty years of a relationship with that turned their back on me that I don't speak to to this day. Um, um, and then there's there's the people that um. Um, turned their back, and then they came back around because they saw that they saw that I didn't die. I didn't, do, you know, you I didn't go anywhere. I, I wasn't finished out here, you know. So, but and the crazy thing is, for the people that turned their back and they they kind of came back to me, they think I'm letting it slide. I'm not letting it slide. I just it's just note to self. I just know what kind of person you are. It don't mean that I can't deal with you. It just let me know how far I can go with you. So, cause, so, so there's some people that turned their back, and then now 
I'm cool with them again, but they know, they have an understanding of knowing I can never be, we can never have the relationship that we once had. You feel me? So they know that because I physically told them that. And then there's, there's other people that note to self. I can deal with you, but I know that I can never have you, I can never rely on you or somebody being super, super close. And then there's some people that I just don't speak to at all that will never get, they will never hear from me or get any type of reception from me ever again in life. And, they, you know, because uh, there was a lot of people that disappointed me during that time. A lot, a lot of people. And there's some people that I, f I forgave. And then, and then the other side too, flow away is that there's some people that have apologized to me. There's other people that came to me like, you'll see, I'm so sorry. I got caught up in the gram. I got caught up in social media. I was talking about you and I got caught up. I apologize. Did you see? Those people that came to me and apologized, like a man and a woman like that, that apologized, I respect them more than anything because Absolutely. They, they're, they're admitting their wrongs. For them to admit their wrongs, be like, hey, man, I got caught up, man. I'm sorry, man. But for the people that know that they're wrong, and I may still see them to this day, and we don't speak, they're, they're, they're so prideful not to just say two words, I'm sorry. To say two words. I'm sorry. Right. We never. We we're never gonna be the same again. But you can't say two words because you know you messed up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, flow. It's like out of you know what I went through. The one thing that saved the one thing that saved me when I went through 2011, 2013. The one thing that saved me is this. You see my hands. You see what I'm doing, right? That's the DJ. The DJ. This is what's. This is what saved me. And I, if I didn't have the, te if I was a whack DJ, I would have been finished. If I was, if I, if I was a whack DJ, I would have been finished out here. The only thing that saved me is the talent, because in this business that we're in, sometimes the talent can save you. Sometimes the talent may not be able to save you. Save but right. for me, in my case, the talent me being what people say great at what I do that's what saved me that 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 because for I'm people that really know that. me for people that really know me you know you you've dealt with me on a business level or whatever the case is for people that really know me the other thing about why people wanted me to be finished too was I was an asshole like you know I was you know especially during my hot 97 run I was an asshole to a lot of people too so I didn't I didn't treat everybody the best way that I could have treated them. So when I went through what I went through in 2011 and 2013, a lot of people looked at that also as revenge. Oh, we're going to get back on the asshole because we had to deal with C before he got arrested because he was hot. Now that he got jammed up and he was an asshole, we can just leave him in the dirt. And so um, not only, like I said, this this saved me. But I also had to refix my whole get down, my whole mental, everything. I had to refix everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I was, you know, people, people would say I'm an asshole. People say I'm cocky. This is back then. I'm talking about way back then. They say I'm cocky. I'm an asshole. I'm arrogant. But uh, what a lot of people don't understand about who I was at the time before I got arrested is I was just a guarded person that was hiding 
I was hiding myself being arrogant, being an asshole. Um, I was hiding that because I didn't want people to really see who I really was or people to know what I was really all about as far as the illegal activity and stuff that I was into. So I would hide who I really was with the arrogance, with the assholeness and just, you know, being, you know, standoffish with people without letting people really into who I really am. Wow. Um, and so that is a part of who I was back then to who I am now. Now, you already know everything I've been through. So it's like, if you're going to still hold it against me or if you're going to still look at me in a certain way, um, then that's on you. That's not, not that's not on me because um, everything that I've been through is well documented. So it's like, if you got the hang up, that's on you. My thing is, is like, I have nothing to hide. It's nothing that you can say or do against me that's going to hurt me because I've already been hurt. You know, I've been hurt the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst. Like, you just look at, you look at what a so-called heterosexual man normally will go through. A heterosexual man don't normally go through what I went through. So it can't get no badder than what I went through. I didn't have it to where, you know, the transsexual that I was with had interviews and all of that and a videotape of me being in a car with a transsexual. Bruh, sis, you can't do anything more to me than what's been done. Mm-hmm. Nothing more can be done than what's been done. So, and guess what? This year is coming up on 10 years since I've been arrested. It's been 10 years wow. since that first time I got arrested. It's 20, it's, two, it's 2021. That's 10 right. years ago. Right. So if anything, how about this? If anything, how about somebody saying, you know what, see, since 2013, you ain't got jammed up. <laughs> how about role reversing it and be like, hey, see, you ain't get jammed up since 2013. It's 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 getting ready to be t- the, the when I when I first got arrested, well, the news came out in April, April third of twenty of of two thousand uh, of twenty eleven, April third of twenty eleven. That's when the news broke. I had got arrested weeks ago prior, but the news broke April third um, or April first. It was like April Fool's Day. Matter of fact, it was a Friday. It was Friday, April Fool's Day, because I remember when it started breaking. And people at the station, people at the said, was like, yo, is this true? And I was like, yo, it's April Fool's Day, man. Nobody going to believe that. No, nah, that's not true. It's April Fool's Day. So the point I'm making is that it's coming up on 10 years since I've been through that. And I don't hear nobody, if anything, talk about how I haven't been in trouble for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So, you know, um, but however people want to hold on to that, 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 that part of my life, you know, they can hold on to it. My thing is, is that it's there. Um, I embrace it. I accept it. Um, I can't change it. I ain't trying to change it. Um, and uh, either you like me or you love me or you ride or you don't ride. I don't have time to pick and choose who's going to ride with me and who don't ride with me. Um, all I can be is me. And um, you accept me for who I am. And that's that. Now, there's been plenty of cats that has tried to use that against me, especially DJs. To this day? To this day, in 2021, there's DJs. There's DJs. Some of the most famous, some some of the most legendary, some of the most recognizable, some of the most 
legendary DJs have used that against me to where if they see that I'm getting booked by a promoter, they'll call the promoter up. Yo, why you booking the gay guy? Word, you booking the gay guy? These are DJs that will call a promoter up. Yo, why you booking that guy? Why you booking the gay guy? They try to block me. But who, but who gives a fuck what you are? Excuse I understand me. that. But I'm just telling you the climate. I'm just telling you the climate. You got DJs that supposed to be comfortable in their own skin. They supposed to be the hottest DJs. They supposed to be the dopest DJs. They supposed to be the greatest dudes. They supposed to be incredible DJs. And they call the promoters, yo, why you book C, man? You know, why you book the gay guy, man? You know, like, trying to put the bad stuff in the, in the promoter ear. And the crazy thing is that they don't think I know. And the promoter comes right back and tell me, DJ such and such said this. DJ such and such said that. And the crazy thing, Flo, I speak to them and they don't even know. They don't even know what I know about them. They don't even know what I know about them. I speak to them like they don't even know. I speak to them like they like it's no care in the world. Because guess what? God is going to take care of them. And I want, you know what I mean? Like, God is going to take care of them, bro. Right. God, God going to deal with them. I don't have right. to deal why with even, them. Why even push your energy that way? Why even push your energy that way? But, the, but, 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 no, and, and I know you, you, I know you promote parties, and I know you're an event planner, and you do what you do, but, yo, man, just like, there's, there's an old saying that a lot of promoters say, and I don't know if you say this, but it's an old saying. DJs come a dime a dozen. Guess what? So does promoters. So promoters come a dime a dozen. One promoter is hot one year. Two years later, three years later, there's another hot promoter. Mm -hmm. But the promoter is going to come back to me and tell me what the DJ then said. So if you're to coming the back feed. to me. If to you're coming feedback back from you. Right. They're trying to get the feedback from me. You're trying to get, you're trying to get me to lure in. I'm not going to lure in and tell you what I feel. Are you dumb? I'm not going to lure in. Because you're going to go back and tell him what I just said. Right. He say, he say, he say. Yeah, I'm not with all of that. One thing I won't never do, one thing I never do, Flo, I never, ever, and you dealt with me on the business level, I've never, ever talked bad about another DJ. Like, say their name and say or something bad about another DJ. Never. 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 There's been promoters that call me, whether they book me or not, there's promoters that call me. Yo, DJ, yo, I just booked DJ something such. Yo, he was trash, see? He was trash, yo, he was garbage. My, I'm on the other line, like, in my head. I ain't saying this out loud. I'm on the other line in my head, like, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> Basically, you want me to talk bad about him because you're talking bad about him. You want me to talk bad about him so you're going to run back and tell him what I said. Exactly. Or what do you want me to do? You want me to tell you, well, you should have booked me, you know? I'm not doing all of that. So when, when, the, when the promoters call me and they say DJ such and such was trash, I'm like, word, yeah, word, word, all right, word. <laughs> so one word responses. You know, it's but I never, never, and then, then I, some, some, some of the DJ, some, some DJs have turned on me when I went through what I went through. And. Some, some, there's some DJs that I don't speak to no more that have turned on me, bro. I'll still play with them in the club. So you, you, you might have booked me and another DJ, 
that that I got a problem with because of what they how they what they did to me back in 2011 2013 but I would never tell you I got an issue with that that person that's between me and that man and I can still, still play with him. Gonna come through and do your thing like nothing. I can still play with him. We can switch laptops. I can play with him. He can do what he do. We ain't got to say a word to each other. But it's never he, me, and him, or me and her know what's going on. But I don't have to. I don't have to go to every promoter and be like, "Don't book this person or don't book that person," or whatever the case is. I'm I'm gonna show. If anything, I'm gonna show that person I got the issue with. I I, I I'm gonna show you. I'm a bigger person than you. I'm going to still play with you. And it's going to make you feel even worse about yourself that I'm still playing with you, even though I don't have to talk to you. Listen, and I have, I've had DJs that come to me and be like, listen, I don't want to do this party with so-and-so. I don't want this person to go on before me. I don't want this person to go on after me. I don't do a party with this guy. I don't like this guy. You get a lot of that stuff on the regular just as a, as a promoter. You be like, yo, listen, you, you dope. He's dope. I want you guys to do this party. I don't give a, you know what I mean? I don't give a shit about none of that. Shout out to, shout to Shell Love and Life. That's my good friend right there, Shell Love and Life, um, on the check-in. But, yeah, man, I don't talk I don't talk negative about no DJ. And all that old, all that old, I want to go on first, yo. I want to close. I want to, I don't, man. Bro, at 54, give me my bread. Dude, tell me what time I'm going on and give me my bread. Give me the bag and let me know what time I'm going on. I don't care who I play with. I don't care if I go on before them, they go on after me. I don't care. Those days is long gone for me, man. I used to care about that type of stuff 20 years ago. I don't care about that stuff no more, man. Tell me what time I need to be there. You know, okay, I'm, I'm going on before this dude. I'm going on after this dude. Boom, boom, boom. And that's it, man. Like, it, nice and easy, man. Like, I'm not with it. I'm not. I don't, I don't like the curse on the gram, but I ain't with the shits, man. I ain't with the shits. Let's just, you know, let me just let me just do what I need to do and 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 and, and call it a night. See who who's some of the people that stay solid. Who's some of who's the, some the people, what? Who's some of the people that stay solid that 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 has has still supported you that still had your back in the industry, if, if any. Some of the people that stay solid when you went through what you went through. Um, one of them, one of the one of the um. One of the main cats, I'm just going to keep it on DJs. One of the main cats that probably stays solid the most is my, my boy DJ Naeem from Jersey. Um, DJ N-A-I-M. Mm -hmm. um, he, he, has, he, has, um, he has been super solid from day one. And it's crazy because when we, when we met each other, we didn't like each other. Um, but he has been super solid. From day one, he never strayed away, never backed off, never. He always um, rolled for me, you know. Um, and so he's he got to be a one on my list. Another cat that's that's been super solid is 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 DJ Self, the Gwinning Guard DJ Self. I will never forget when 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 I first got arrested in 2011. DJ, now remember this is at the height of the Hot 97 Power 105 beef. So when I got arrested. When I got arrested the first time in 2011, you know, the Breakfast Club, they destroyed me, you know. Them, 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 you know, Charlemagne and, and and the rest of the crew, they destroyed me. So, but DJ Self, Sus One, DJ Nori, <clears throat> they shouted me out on Power 105. They was like, yo, big up to Mr. C. We got your back. 
boom, 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 boom. Now, remember, there was that, that, that whole radio station battle. For them to do that. On that station? On that station during that time. The crazy thing is, here's the ill, the ill thing. DJ, um, DJ Self, Sus One, Nori shouted me out, and they got they got suspended. And the station suspended them for shouting me out. I will never, as long as I live, I will never forget them dudes for doing that for me. Right. They risked getting suspended. They didn't know they were going to get suspended. Right. They, matter of fact, no. Oh, hold on. Only Self got suspended. Three of them shouted me out. Only self got suspended. That's that's the story. Because of self, because of self slot at that time. No, I think they, I think they, I think, I think they got to self because of they know they know me and self. I, they know me and self relationship. The crazy thing is that I know Nori longer than I've known self, but they looked at it like me and self is close. So let let's hit it. Let's hit let's hit them where it hurts. And suspend the dude that she is closest with. I think that's what that's what made them do it with self. But little do they know that I've known Nori longer than I've known self. Wow. But they suspended self. All three of them shot at me, but they suspended self. I will never forget them three dudes for doing that for as long as I live. I will never forget them for doing that. I will never forget that. But just overall, self has always held me down. Just always, always, always held me down. And I will never, and then I can't, I will never forget. Now, from a Hot 97 standpoint, I will never forget how Flex and Ebro held me down. Um, you know, Flex with the, yo, don't believe, don't believe it is not true. You know, Flex was dropping bombs. It's, Flex was saying it's not true. It's not true for like two years. You know what I mean? Like, until the Flex second time I got arrested. See, man. So and so when I, got arrested, when I got arrested the second time, I'll never forget Flex calling me. He was like, yo, bro, come on, man. You got to. You gotta, you gotta tell the truth, man. Come on, man. Like you gotta bring it on in. So, but self and Ebro held me down, crazy. And I know there's a lot of people that have came to me, and I'm talking about back then. They came to me and was like, you know, flexing Ebro's only holding you down for their own benefit. They don't really got love for you. Look, I don't care. It doesn't matter what's the reason why they holding me down. The fact that they're holding me down is a reason enough. Whether they got their own agenda, whether they want to make the station look bigger, I don't care. That that, that didn't matter to me. For the, they held me down more than other people at the station at that time that didn't hold me down. So for that, I'm I'm forever grateful to Flex and Ebro for holding me down at that dark time. Yo, I I got so many stories, man. I I'll tell I'll tell you another story about what was what I went through at that time. I'll tell you two two stories about what I went through at that time at Hot 97. When I when I first got arrested in 2011, I sent the email out to the whole company, to the whole Hot 97, the whole MS New York, MS Broadcasting, mm -hmm. and I said in the email, it basically I'm hyper, I'm, I'm hyper, you know, I'm kind of hypothetically saying what I said in the email, but it was basically, hey, I apologize for putting everybody through this. I can't really talk about my case right now, but I'm sorry if, th if this is putting you and your family in jeopardy. I'm sorry about this. Boom, 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 boom. I can't talk about it further, but I'm very sorry about me putting everybody through this, right? I sent this email to everybody at Hot 97, the whole company. You hear me? Mm -hmm. I'm listening. This is 2011. Somebody forward the email to the Breakfast Club. Somebody in Hot 97 forward the email to the Breakfast Club. 
That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. I repeat, <laughs> I sent an apologetic email to the whole Hot 97 company, all the bosses, everybody. I never admitted, because in 2011, I didn't admit that I, that I, you know, I didn't admit about my activity. I didn't admit to it to two years later, 2013. Right. I sent the company an email apologizing. I didn't admit about what I did. I just said, I'm sorry I put y'all through this, whatever. Somebody sent it to the Breakfast Club to Envy, and they read it over the air. They read the email over the air on the I Breakfast Club. I think I remember club. that. I think I remember that. That's crazy. That's crazy. So I went through that. This is 2011. I went through that. That was strike one. That was strike one. And listen, everything that I'm saying, listen, everybody on this live, everything that I'm saying, listen, this is not a bash Hot 97 thing. Not at all. Because let me tell y'all something. I will always love that station. It's like, it's like, it's like if Derek Jeter played for the Yankees for 20 years, Derek Jeter's on, on, going to always be associated with Hot 97. I will always love that station. But there were some things that happened that I wasn't too keen about. It's not a reflection of everybody there. It's just there were some things that happened. So we're talking about it. So that was one thing that happened with the email. That was strike one. Strike two was... Big Dennis, I don't know if everybody in this live remember Big Dennis that was on Hot 97. I used to be on with him. Big Dennis pulled me to the side one day. This is during, this is 2011. This is like May. I got arrested. The, the news came out April 2011. This is like May 2011. Big Dennis pulled me to the side. He said, yo, see, I got to tell you something. I said, what? He said, yo, I cannot tell you who told me this, but there's people in the building that don't want you on that Summer Jam stage. They, they, they're going telling management that you should not be on Summer Jam because of what you've been through. You hear me? You hear me, Flo? You hear me? That's crazy. So Dennis, I, I'm saying to Dennis, I'm like, yo, who told you that? And Dennis like, you'll see, I cannot say this, man, but people in the building are going to upper management saying that they, they suggest that you do not be on that Summer Jam stage. When I, when I got that word from Big Dennis... And like I said, I don't like the curse on the ground, but when I got that word from Big Dennis, my mentality was like, fuck everybody at Hot 97. Right. Now, I done been through them sending the letter. Now I done been through somebody going, telling management I shouldn't be on that Summer Jam stage. Now my mind is like, fuck everybody dead at the station. Fuck everybody dead. You hear me? That's how the average man will feel. So, Because my thing is, if you ain't going to tell me who did it, my thing is I can't trust nobody. Exactly. Everybody talking behind my back. So that's Flo, how you, that's how you look when at I it. tell you, Flo, when I tell you that I when I, I did that Summer Jam, I went on that stage on Summer Jam on 2011, if you ever, everybody on my live, if you ever get a chance, Google Mr. C Summer Jam set 2011. I was there. And, and you will witness how I put the wallop on in that building. I was there. <laughs> if you ever get a chance, everybody in the live, Google Mr. C, Hot um, Summer Jam 20, 2011. Mm -hmm. And 2012. We with, in the 2012 and with all the pressure on me, with all the pressure. 
With all the pressure that I had, then somebody sending the letter, somebody say, people saying I shouldn't be on that stage. I went to that stage and I was like, I'm going to rip this shit better than the artist that night. And that's exactly what I did that night at Summer Jam. I ripped, I, you know, they, they, you know, they started, you know, every people that really know the history of Summer Jam, people that know the history of Summer Jam, y'all already know what Mr. C used to do at that Summer Jam stage. Y'all already know. If you don't, huh? Do you have a favorite Summer Jam moment? I, I know you've done so many, but do you have a favorite moment that when I mean, you think about Summer Jam? There's a couple of moments I don't. There's a couple of moments. I remember the moment when um Kanye and Swiss went record for record. You know, they went they went record for record, Kanye and Swiss. That was a dope moment. There's so many moments, man. Um, but but back to me now. Let me talk about me now. Back to me. <laughs> that twenty eleven summer jam. Anybody that knows the history of Summer Jam, what do people always say about Summer Jam when Mr. C was there? They would say, C always killed Summer Jam. They called me the Summer Jam killer. Mm -hmm. I used to make, I, yo, I used to make Giant Stadium my bitch. Giant Stadium was my bitch. I used to make that stadium my bitch. And that's a fact, the that's mundo. A fact. That's a so, fact. so 2011, I had a different agenda because the cards was against me. Mm. Because I didn't know who in my own building didn't want me to be there. So did, being that I didn't know who didn't want me to be there, Fuck everybody dead. Fuck everybody dead. So that's that's how it was, man. That 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 was my that's how it was. But those are those are some of the I got I can write a book, but those are some of the things that I went through. And once again, I want to make this clear to everybody on the live. This is not a bash hot ninety-seven live. You asked me about hot ninety-seven, you asked me about what I went through during those times. Those were some of the bad things I went through. I explained to y'all some of the good things I went through, where Ebro and, and Flex held me down. They held me down. Facts. They held me down. I will never, ever forget them for holding me down. But there was, some, there was a couple of things that happened when I was in the building that I was, I, I, I was let down. I, was, I, I felt like I was let down. But, I, you know, I'm going to reveal something, too. I'm going to reveal. You're getting a lot of treats tonight. I'm going to reveal something too. I remember also when I was going through that, you know, a lot of people in, in the building at High 97 when I was going through that, they wasn't like talking to me normally like they used to talk to me. They wasn't coming around me or talking to me normally. And I used to get offended by that. And I will never forget having a conversation with Flex. And I, I had a conversation with Flex. I was like, yo, bro, man, people are acting funny around me, man. Ain't nobody coming around me like they normally would. And nobody checking for me. Like, yo, man, I just don't feel right. And I will never forget what Flex said. He said, yo, see, you got to remember, you a leader. And like, when it come down to the building, when it come down to the station, it's me. This is Flex talking. Flex is like, when it come down to the, the leaders of the station, it's me, you, Enough, Angie, Cypher. There's certain leaders in here. So if people are looking at you as a leader, if you done got, a, if you done got arrested and you still coming to the station every day, remember, I never, I never hid from anybody. Right. Got arrested and was still coming on the air every day. Mm. So Flex had to, Flex had to put me on. He was like, "Yo, if you still coming to the station every day, people are looking at you like if she is all right, then we all right." So people was actually looking at it as, if she is good, we're good. 
And I had to, I had to take that in from what Flex was telling me. Like, you're, you're one of the leaders here. So if people see it, that you're good, then they're going to carry on like everything is normal. And that, that took Flex telling me that for me to understand that. And when he, when he said that to me, then I understood it better. Because I was still keeping my head up high during those times. I never had my head down. I never walked in that building like, oh, woe is me and all of that. I still kept my head up high. Now, when I left, I, what my mind was a different story. But I made sure when I walked in that building that I still kept my head high and still kept positive vibes. So when Flex told me that, I understood it better. If I'm making it seem like everything is all right, everybody's going to think everything is all right. Everything's all right. What's going to be here, like, listen, bro, we need to talk. Exactly. So. Word up. Is that Kid New? Shout to Kid New on the Kid check. New, yeah. Kid New, what's Kid good? New. God. Um, see, who, who's, who's your, shift from gears a little bit, who's your top five? Of rappers or what? Rappers, yeah, who's your top five rappers? Top five rappers? No particular order. No particular order. My top five rappers, Big Daddy Kane, Biggie, Jay-Z, Nas, Rakim. Hmm. No particular order, but that's my five. My five, my, what I will say is my five will beat anybody's five. I feel like my five like, you know, you have five on five basketball. I feel like my five can beat anybody's five. The undefeated, undefeated five. Huh? You feel like your five is the undefeated five. My five is an undefeated five. Big Daddy Kane, Biggie, Jay-Z, Nas, Rakim. I think my five will beat anybody's five. Got you. All right, let's play a little game. New York, this or that. You ready? Okay, how do you how we play this game? Mike Neasy. What up, Mike Neasy? Mike Neasy, that's my guy. Yo, he did, he did, he did a mix for you, right? We gotta bring it back because the the, the 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 quality was oh okay quality was bad so we gotta bring it back we're gonna do it next week he's coming back on next week okay quality was bad all right so it's pretty much like a this or that right all New York stuff you ready all right all right Knicks or Nets Brooklyn Nets man I'm from Brooklyn man I used to be a Knicks fan I was a Knicks fan during the whole you know um, Bernard King and then into Patrick Ewing and all of that. But once the Brooklyn Nets, once the Jersey, New Jersey Nets came to Brooklyn, I, I gave it up, man. I'm Brooklyn Nets, man. I got you. And that's Jeff way before, way before these dudes, way before Kyrie, way before all them dudes came. So it's, I mean, no, band, so it's no bandwagon. Not, look at my logo. Look at my logo. I, I know. <laughs> so, and, that, so and, no that's the old, and that's the old Brooklyn Nets logo. So, I, you know, that, I'm Brooklyn Nets, man. I Jets and Giants. I'm a humongous Jets fan. Whoa. I'm a humongous Jets fan. So with the misery, I done went through years and years of misery, man. I'm a humongous Jets fan. He's like, it's nothing, it's nothing you can say to me about the Jets that I ain't never heard of you. New York style pizza or New York style burgers? New York style pizza or New York style burger? Mm -hmm. um, I don't eat, you know, be honest with you, I don't eat neither one of those no more. Um, I used to eat both, you know, a lot. As, y as you can see, I lost a lot of weight. I don't eat none of those no more. But if I had to pick one, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with the pizza, New York style pizza. Can't beat that. Can't get that nowhere. Goodfellas or American Gangster? Goodfellas. I, um, Wu Tang or Naughty by Nature? Oh, I'm going with the Wu, man. Yeah, and I love Naughty's. Yo, let me tell you something about Naughty by Nature. Tretch, Vinny, KG, those are, the, those are the most coolest dudes on the planet. Them dudes, man, they're the coolest dudes on the planet. Been friends of mine for year for like twenty years. They've been very good friends of mine. But I, as far as who I feel, is the, I like Wu Tang better than them as a group. But as far as as people, 
it don't get no better than Naughty by Nature. Them dudes are the, are the you know, they're, they're the coolest, man. They're the dopest dudes, man. Gino or Dipset? I'm going to go with the unit. All right. All right. Ready, to, ready to die or life after death? Life after death. Mm. I got one more for you. It's a big one. Nas or Jay-Z? Jay-Z. Brooklyn, 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 Brooklyn. I understand. He's like, I'm not going to pick Queens, but I got you. See, man, what, what, what do you feel like has been your biggest accomplishment in your career? Uh, my biggest accomplishment? Um... I, I feel like my biggest I, I feel like my biggest accomplishment is withstanding what I went through in 2011 and 2013. I think I think that's my biggest accomplishment to withstand that whole storm and to um, to still be here, um, you know, eight years later, you know, 2013, eight years later, like to still be here and to still be relevant and to still be current and to still be working, still be uh, doing something that I love to do. That's my biggest accomplishment. My biggest accomplishment is withstanding that that bad storm that I had, um, because a lot of people don't recover from what I've been through. Um, all the accolades, all the gold and platinum plaques, all the success with Hot 97 or with Biggie or with Kane or even with LL Cool J's Rock the Bells Radio now, all of that is fine and good. But my biggest accomplishment is overcoming the darkness. When you when you can go through what I went through and then and then still, you know, like, you know, you can go through shit and smell the roses again. Um, that's my biggest accomplishment. I, I think, I think, I think that's a, that, uh, you know, I, I think that that's what I'm going to go with. Oh, that's uh, absolute, man. You've been through a lot, King. Um, I, I asked everyone who come on here, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, that's a great question. Um, I think first and foremost, um, especially for any anybody on this live that's from New York, um, I think first and foremost, I want my legacy to be that um, that he really represented Brooklyn, that, that he really that Mr. C really went hard for Brooklyn and 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 in my prime, whatever y'all feel like my prime was, whether my prime was with Big Daddy Kane, whether my prime was with Hot ninety seven or even what I'm doing now with Rock the Bells Radio. Whatever you feel like my prime is, uh, I, I would hope that the New Yorkers would say that he really repped for Brooklyn. Because at, at the time that I came into, especially doing radio, there was nobody, there was really nobody from Brooklyn on the radio. Um, uh, that, you know, I'm not going to say I was the first, I'm not going to say I'm the, I'm the first Brooklyn cat. I mean, enough came in after me um, with Hot 97. But cause, because, you know, prior to me, you had Flex, who's from the Bronx. You had Red and Chuck, you know, Harlem and Bronx, you know, uh, you know what I mean? The, the Mr. Magic, Bronx, some of the great legendary New York DJs from the radio was either Harlem or the Bronx. And so I, I would want my legacy to be first and foremost that that I, I, I rep, rep Brooklyn like heavy. Yo, self, what's good? Self, what's good? Self in the building. Hey, yo, self, I just bigged you up, man. You, yo, self, you owe me a quarter. I just bigged you up like 45 <laughs> minutes ago. That's some shit right there. <laughs> um, hey, yo, self, would you agree? Hey, yo, self, would you agree about my legacy as far as New York radio repping Brooklyn? Would you agree with that, self? Yes or no? 
I, I think I think um I think I'm probably one of the first uh radio, New York radio, Brooklyn superstar DJs. I mean, you know what I mean? I I feel like it. But self, what you think, Gwyneth? Gwyneth, what you think? But I th that's first and foremost that I that I really rep Brooklyn the fullest and that um and that uh um even from the mixtape era, like even when I came into the mixtape game, you know, people you had people like myself and um that was rep you know, Let's, heavy Brooklyn. Self just wrote you. What he said? He said you put on Blase, blase. We just talked about that. We talked about that two hours ago, um, Gwynnon. You're too late. <laughs> but um, but um, I'm talking radio, Gwynnon. Am I? Am I? Am I the um, Gwynnon? Am I the pinnacle Brooklyn legendary New York radio dude? Am I the pinnacle dude? Um, yeah, that that that's really it, Flo. I just you know want to be remembered as the the great one of the greats in New York. I don't have to be the great, but one of the greats. I feel like I am one of the greats, um, and not this is not to say it in a braggadocious way. I do feel like I am one of the greats. I don't have to be the greatest, but I feel like I'm one of the greats. As long as I'm mentioned and with some of the greats, um, as far as my impact on New York City, as far as radio and club DJing and just what I did in the game. Okay, okay. So, so, you, so he, you know what? Self, I agree with you. Um, self said you're number two, DJ Clark Kent. Um, he said DJ Clark Kent basically. You're right, self. You're right. That's why I asked you. Yeah. So salute to Clark Kent. Clark Kent. Mm -hmm. Um, Clark Kent came out a little bit before me. Um, and then I came out right after Clark. So yeah, you got to give it up to Clark. Clark Kent as well. But um, yeah. So as long as I'm mentioned with some of the other New York great DJs, I'm I'm good with that. You know, I'm I'm good with that. Man, New York City, New York City appreciates you, my brother. Um, yeah, man. For sure. You know, you've been you've been doing your thing for a very long time. You've given a lot to radio. You've given a lot in these clubs. You've given a lot in these stadiums. Um, and, you know, if, if no one else tells you, I'm telling you, my brother, I appreciate you as a, as a promoter, as a friend, as always being someone that is always punctual. You know, you came on here, you jig checked me in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to go a little different. You know, I'm like, damn, see, okay. <laughs> um, but definitely, man, definitely, see, thank you for your time. Thank you for the stories that you've given tonight. Thank you for the gems that you've dropped. All the DJs is on a, a check-in. Um, I know that everyone is able to learn something from you and just your, your, your life and what you've been through and being able to still stay strong and represent Brooklyn and represent New York City in the best way. And we, we love hey, yo, to see man. Shout out, to, you, shout out to the legendary Dougie Fresh on the check-in. Shout out to Dougie the Fresh, world's man, greatest the entertainer. Dougie Fresh, man. Dougie I want to get Doug up here, man. man. I want to I get Doug up, up, up here. I had a lot of people up here, and I, I've been wanting to get Doug up here. So I'm Yeah, gonna, shout out to the legendary Dougie Fresh, man. Every time me and Doug work together at the clubs, man, I just, you know, we know each other's time, and it's so great to work with Doug. He's, he's one of the... um. He's one of the great ones too, as far as not just being a great performer, or just being a great friend and a great, a great human being, man. So, Doug said you are bigger than Brooklyn. Well, th thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Doug. But Doug is um, that's my guy right there. It's like somehow when we work together, our chemistry is just crazy. It's like 
Uh, I, Doug, you know, especially with his DJs, Chill Will and Barry B, like those, those, his two DJs is cats that I studied from, from when they first came out. So I know, I know all of Doug's routines. So it's like, when I, I he's one of the, he's one of the, and I'm not saying it because he's on the live, but he's one of the artists that I, I love working with um, because it's just, uh, our chemistry is so crazy, man. So sh shout out to, um, I know I play for the world, Doug. I know, I know I play for the world. I appreciate you, man. AOC, uh, self said, keep it real, right? He said, who's the best? He said, who's the best performer, Doug, KRS, or Buster? He said, keep it real. Oh, man. That's, I'm going to. The, the, best, the, best, the best performer out of the three, Dougie Fresh, KRS, Warner, Buster. The best performer out of the three, I'm going to go with Doug first, and I'm going to tell you why. Doug is the world's greatest entertainer, and I'm not saying it because he's on the live, but he has that name for a reason. Let me tell you something. Doug, when Doug does a show, okay, Doug does a show, he only does two records. He does two records, but he's on the stage for like 30 to 45 minutes. See, and I've, I've booked Doug many a times, and I've never paid attention to that. So now you make me pay attention. He that. does two records. And hey, yourself, I'm telling you, yourself, self, see, self, don't ask me. And then when I give you the answer, you're going to tell me no way. Self, listen to my explanation. <laughs> Dougie Fresh, listen to me. <laughs> and I'm not saying it because Doug is on the live. Dougie Fresh will do That's an it. hour show, 45-minute show, 50-minute show. He only does two records. Lottie Dottie in the show. But then he don't even do Rather to the Top. Dougie Fresh will do a show and won't even do Rather to the Top and still kill the, the kill the party. It's kill even, the kid knew, even Kid New is saying keep it a hundred. So self, so self, who you say? So no, I'm going with I'm going with here, here's what I'm going with. I'm going with Dougie Fresh first. Is it order? It's the order. And I'm not ashamed for the order. I'm going Dougie first. Then I'm going Karis one, second. And I'm gonna tell you why. I did not never I I never recognized Karis one's greatness on stage or performing until I did a party with him. It was either 2020 or 2019. I did a party with him in Connecticut. I will never forget this as long as I live. I'm DJing. No, I, I, yeah, I did. I, I DJ. Karis was, was performing. This man destroyed the club. And yo, and flow. It was not even packed. It was not. It was about bro. If it was, if it was a hundred people in the club, I'm lying. But he put on a performance from walking around the crowd to freestyling about people individually. Look. Just doing individual freestyles about people in the crowd. I never seen anything in my life. That gave me the super high regard to put KRS One right there, and then Buster. But Buster is great too. Buster is incredible. But I'm going Doug first, then Chris, then then Buster. But Dougie, Dougie is the world's greatest entertainer. Dougie can give a show without. Dougie can give a show without doing the show. You hear me? Do you understand what but I'm see, saying? But see, but see, I think I think they saying KRS because of KRS freestyles. Because yeah, I've because seen he, freestyle yeah, too. Yeah. I get it, but I'm saying that Doug, 
Doug got hit records. Understand what I'm saying to you. Doug got hit records, and he don't, he, he don't have to do them. Everybody else that's in this list, they have to do their hit records to come off. Dougie do not have to. Dougie don't have to do the show to do the show. AOC, self say you drinking too much coffee, man. <laughs> Yo, I don't drink coffee, so Doug don't have to do the show to do the show. I'm just telling you what it is. I, I, yo, I'm just telling you what it is. Doug, Dougie Fresh is the world's greatest entertainer. Don't try it with him. It ain't going to happen. I'm, I've seen it a million times. Hey, yo, DJ Kit New, what politics? Kit New saying that, what politics? I forgot he's with Caffrey. Caffrey, please tell my guy. I'm not capping, man. I'm not, <laughs> yo, I'm not capping. I done, I done, I done DJ for all three of them. I didn't DJ for them, all three of them, and I was just seeing them in concert. I ain't saying this because Doug is on the live. I'm saying it because it's a fact. I've seen Doug in different scenarios, different situations performing. Can't nobody touch Doug on that stage, man. Out of the three that you're mentioning, out of the three that you're mentioning, now, there's one man that probably can touch Doug. There's one man. That's true, though. self said if if he don't do his, if, if Doug don't do his songs, then he's not really performing. He's hosting. Um, yo, yo, self, stop, 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 stop with that. If the man is able to, <laughs> if the man is able to perform the songs without doing his songs, that's greatness in itself. But the other two cats, KRS One and Buster, they would have to do their records. Doug don't have to do his records to kill kill a concert. That right there makes him great. But there's one man. That Mike can bring it to Doug. That self is not mentioning. There's one man, and that man is Big Daddy Kane. There's one man. I don't know if Doug is still on the live. There's one man that can Mike can bring it to Doug, and that man is Big Daddy Kane. And I'm not saying it because I roll with him, but Big Daddy Kane is one of the greatest hip hop performers ever. I'm just looking at this comment. Doug. Hey, yo, Doug, don't fade on me, Doug. At the real Dougie Fresh. What you he, think he's when going, I talk about He's Kane? going hard for you, Doug, right now. I ain't going to hold you, my brother. <laughs> he's going hard for you, man. I think, think KLS could bring it to Doug. Kane is a, a different. Kane I, is a different type. Kane is a different type. Because I'm going to tell you what Kane got over Doug, over Buster, over. Paris one, the dancing. Kane got that dancing. Doug, Doug can do that Dougie. He can do that little Dougie all he want. But he ain't doing no splits and flips like Kane is. He's not. He's not. So that, that might be the one dude that may get Doug a run for his money. But then again, Doug and Kane are like this. They're best friends. So they learn from each other as far as performances. They're, they're, they're like super tight. Doug Doug faded on purpose. He Doug is still on the live. He don't want to say nothing. He's still on this live. But if there's one person that want to give Doug a run for his money, I'm going with Kane, man. Cause to me, Kane is one of the greatest hip hop performers ever. Just off the dancing alone, cause, yo, because Flo, when do you see any rapper dance anymore? You don't. You don't. You don't. I give him that. So with that alone. You know what I mean? But 
KRS, he's he's incredible, man. I I, I he's incredible. I, I cannot front and Buster. Buster is a given. Buster's but Buster will always be Buster has to be in the top five of my I'm gonna give you my top five greatest hip hop performers. Dougie Fresh, no particular order. Dougie Fresh, big you daddy. Kane. Put, you know, you know, I already put Dougie at number one, see? Dougie Fresh, Big Daddy Kane, Karis One, Buster Rhymes. That's four. The fifth one I'm going to give to, the fifth one I will give is more because of his presence as opposed to what he brings to the table. It's more because of his presence. And Hove, I got to give it to Hove at five. But it's, Hove has the presence and the excitement that make you be enthralled by his performance. He may not have, he may not bring to the table what the other four bring, but his aura kind of outweighs everything else. Those are my five. Okay. Like five, five, five greatest, five greatest hip hop performers. You ain't, you ain't asked me about DJs, man. All right, give it to, give it to me. Top five. All right. Over, hold up. What you want? What you want? You want top five? What you want? Top five greatest DJs in New York all time. Top five greatest New York radio DJs all time. Top five New York club DJs all time. Tell me. Not nah, just top five New York DJs all time. I don't care okay. whether it was on the radio or not. It's top five New York DJs. Because a lot of DJs that didn't make radio, but still tore down in these clubs. So, Top five New York DJs of all time. Yeah, let's do that. Kick a pre number one. Keep it veil. Keep it veil. Okay. Keep it veil. Kick a pre number one. Top five New York DJs of all time. Kick a pre number one. I'm going. I'm I, I, when I say these five, I'm going impact. I'm I'm just going with everything. Impact, the influence, clubs, whatever they did in their career. Capri number one. Flex number two. Um. Capri number one. Flex number two. I'm gonna go. Self, you definitely top five in ever, my brother. I'm, I'm. You saying all time, bro? I'm going all no, time. I'm, I'm going. I'm going impact. I'm going impact. Everything. Okay. Capri, flex, red alert. Let me let me back it up. And I'm, I, I may have a different five tomorrow, flow, but let me just, you're saying all time, just, I'm going, I'm going, matter of fact, let me back it up. Let me back it up. Number one, let me skip that. Let me skip that. Number one is Grandmaster Flash. Off the, off the top, just the impact that Grandmaster Flash had on the impact of DJing, and he's from the Bronx, New York. I'm going Grandmaster Flash number one. Just his impact alone, what he did. Grandmaster Flash first, then Capri, then Flex, then Red Alert. Grandmaster Flash, Capri, Flex, Red Alert. You got one more? 
I gotta give a tie. I gotta give. The, I gotta give a tie to Chuck Chill Out and Marley. Chuck Chill Out and Marley Mar. I have to give no a clue? tie. To huh? No clue. Nah, not as far as impact. Clue, clue would be there. If clue would be there. Maybe in my next five, clue would be there as far as impact. Clue would be there, not in the, not in the first five. I don't feel like Clue's impact is as big as the other five that I mentioned. Impact. You, you, clue you, would you, probably be in the next five who, in that top ten. Who, who, you, who, you just, who you just tied? Huh? Who did you just tie just now? Say it again. Who, who you put the tie on? I put Chuck Chill out and Marley Mall, and and I put Chuck Chill out and Marley Mall, and I'm really basing it on impact, as far as what they did for New York, New York radio. Cool Herc, you know, Cool Herc. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like the dude. What's the man that invented basketball? I think his name is James Naismith. Like, I think his name is James Naismith. He invented basket. He invented the game of basketball, but you can't put him as the the greatest person in basketball. Because so he didn't elevate. What, because he didn't take basketball to what it is. Right. Because he, you know, like, so Cool Herc kind of invented invented it, but I can't put him in a five as far as the impact. I would I would put Grand Wizard Theodore. An impact as a DJ more than, um, than 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 Cool Herc. You can't take away what Cool Herc did as far as inventing the hip hop form, but then people like Flash and 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 and, and Grand with the Theodore took it to another level that where we at, where we eventually at today. So, um, you know. I, I, that's what I feel, but th th I think that's my five right there. I'm gonna go with Grandmaster Flash, Capri, Flex, Red Alert, and a tie between Chuck Chill Out and Marley Mar. And uh, you know, maybe that's my old head talking. That's the 50, 50, 54 year old man talking. <laughs> now, you want to talk about a different generation? We can go a different generation. You want me? You want me to tell you my top five radio DJs on the radio now? We can go into that. But, um, but as far as all time, New York, um. And that's what's in my head now. I, I, tomorrow I can be saying Tomorrow that. could be different. So, so, yeah. Tomorrow the caffeine could be down. Like some, some say you drink a purified water, T. What did he say? <laughs> he said you drink in purified water. <laughs> What'd that mean? <laughs> you, ever, you, have, you ever had cell phone here, Flo? Nah, I never had cell phone here. I got to get him on it. I got to get him on it so we can, we can talk about his top five. <clears throat> All right, let's let's do your top five current day. Current huh? Day. Let's do your your top five DJs that's on the radio now. Top five DJs that's on New York radio right now. Funkmaster Flex number one. Um. DJ Self number two. Camillo number three. Enough number four. Let me repeat that. Flex one, self two, Camillo three, enough four. I'm going to go, casting on like my fifth pick. But this dude is so underrated. But I'm going to go with uh, Sus one, number five. I'm going with Sus one, number five. Sus one is my guy too. I like that. I'm going like Sus that. one, number five. 
See, I, 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 would, I would tie Sus 1 and tie Boogie. Huh? I would tie Sus, Sus 1 and tie Boogie. That would be like my, my, my number five. I would have to, that'd be like a battle between them two. You know what it is um, with me? Um, and this and this is, um, I don't get to hear Ty Boogie. I don't get to hear, I know he's on Primetime or Angie Slot. I don't get to hear him often. Um, and that's why I didn't really put him in the five. He would be like six. But I I never, I never, and and, and Ty Boogie probably been on over a year, some change. And Ty Boogie, Boogie probably going to call me, curse me out. But he, he, I have not yet to hear a Ty Boogie show on with, when he's on with Angie. I hear such one more than I hear Ty Boogie, and that's why I put Ty Boogie in the five. I don't get, I never get to hear such one. Somebody said no envy. Um, nah, no envy. Nah, no envy. There's no offense to, there's no offense to envy's talent, mm -hmm. but nah, I can't. I wouldn't put envy. I wouldn't put clue. I wouldn't put envy. I wouldn't put. Um. You know, I wouldn't put Drewski. I wouldn't put, you know what I mean? I wouldn't put Drewski. I wouldn't put, um, uh, 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 uh what's my man? Huh? What about Spin King? I wouldn't put Spin King. It's not their time yet. It's not their time yet. They making moves, though. Don't get it messed up. They're making moves. Shout out to Spin King. Shout out to Drewski. Shout out to Wala. They're making moves. But they, to put them in that echelon, nah. But Envy and, and, and Clue, and it's nothing Envy Envy and Clue, no offense to them. I just wouldn't, they're not in my, they wouldn't be, in my top ten, I have to. That's when I got to put the Todd Boogies in. That's when I got to put, um, you know, I would have to put Todd Boogie in. I would have to put um, Cast One in. I would have to put, um, you know, as far as top ten, I had to put Todd Boogie, Cast One, um, DJ Will, you know, some of them type of cats. I have to put them in that to round off that ten. I can't. I wouldn't put Envy and, and Clue in there. And once again, it's no offense to them, but you know. I wouldn't put them in the ten. I could, I could, I could take that top five. That's a good top five for, for, for current DJs in New York on the radio doing their thing. Yeah, I think, I think it's a, a top five. And once Look, again, Self got quiet. Self didn't challenge you on that one. Of course, right. he's gonna get quiet. Anytime you name him in a five, he's quiet because he feel like, okay, I made it. <laughs> sucker, he's a sucker. He didn't. He feel like he made it. Crazy thing is, he know I'm always gonna put him in the top five. Yo, cast one is a problem. DJ G Money, you cast one is Kid Capri is not on the radio. Stop asking about Kid. He's not on the radio in New York. We just had him as the top five all time New York DJ. He's not on the radio in New York. Mm -hmm. Hello, it's the audio. Y'all can hear C? Y'all can hear C? I can't hear him. Recognition. I don't think he really gets the recognition. Yeah, went out for I'm, a I'm a, second. Yeah, my battery going low. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of Sus One, man, and I, and I don't think he gets the recognition. So, um, but uh, I think I think I think I put Sus One Five just because he because because he been he's been doing it for a long time. I I think I put him five because he's been doing it for a long time, and I I don't think he gets looked at the way he should. So my thing is, I just put him in because he don't get looked at the way he should. You see, I could put Sus one, or I could put Pro Style too. He see, um, Pro Style is another one. I don't never really get to hear him, so I can't. I don't have. I have no gauge on Sus. I have no gauge on on Pro Style because I don't never get to hear him. So, but yo, my battery getting ready to go dead, bro. Just, Thank that's you, why, That's why it's coming in and out. 
Thank so, you, Chief. Thank you for your time, man. It's, it's been no, fun, I appreciate man. it. I hope, I hope everybody on the live enjoyed this. And um, um, I had a good time talking to you, Flowway, man. And uh, LC, real quick, before you get off here, plug where you at this weekend. Um, a couple of things, real quick. Um, well, um, y'all can check me out on Rock the Bells Radio. The show is called the Set It Off Show, Rock the Bells Radio, Monday through Saturday. I'm on Monday through Friday, seven to nine p.m. East Coast time. Then every Saturday, I'm on two to four p.m. East Coast time. LL Cool J's Rock the Bells Radio, Sirius XM Channel Forty Three. I play um, classic hip hop from the eighties, nineties, and two thousands. And then, um, and this weekend, I got. Nothing but Biggie tribute parties this weekend. Shout out to all my people going to Atlanta. If you're going to Atlanta, be safe out there. Please wear your mask if you're going to Atlanta. DJ Self, wear your mask. You're going in them strip clubs in Atlanta. Dude, self been everywhere, like. DJ Self, wear your mask down there, God. Don't come, don't come back here with the with the with the with the with the killer cooties, bro. Don't big. come back here with the killer cooties. Kevin, Kevin Hart called that shit the big. Big. Yeah, so, but this weekend, this Saturday, I'm doing a, a Biggie tribute party at a secret location in New Jersey. It is not an underground party. It's at a well-known location. It's just a secret location. When you buy the tickets, you find out where it's at. I'm there this Saturday. Shout out to my man, NJ Soup. Biggie tribute party there. Me and DJ Naeem on the set. This Sunday, I'm doing a Biggie brunch um, at a place called Deltas in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, and um, that's from um, noon to 10. And then right after that, I'm doing another Biggie brunch in Brooklyn at a secret location. Not an illegal spot, secret location in Brooklyn. Me and DJ Enough is on the set. Shout out to Pretty Lou from the Heavy Hitters. Um, and so that's where I'm at for the weekend doing Biggie tribute parties, man. Definitely, man. See you. Stay up, man. Blessings to you and your family. It's been fun, my brother, man. You be safe out there, too, man. All right, man. Everybody be safe. Everybody be safe, man. And good to talk to you, Flowway, man. You All keep right, thank you, my brother. You All right, peace, man. All right, be good. Hey, listen, everybody, thank y'all for tuning in to the Flowway Show, man. If you missed any of the part, any part of the conversation with DJ Mr. C, it will be um, on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts by like 2 a.m., all right? So if you missed any of the conversation, it will be there. People talking shit. <laughs> yeah, next week, next Wednesday, regular time, 8 p.m., Thank you, thank you. Thank you, salute, DJ Double Time. Uh, next Wednesday, 8 p.m., I got a little Mo coming on the show. All right, we're going to talk to little Mo. She got a new single out called Broken Heart. We're going to talk about it. So next week, 8 p.m., I got a little Mo. Make sure I get the Flowway Show merch. The Catch a Vibe hoodies, the Catch a Vibe t-shirts on onewayent.net. Self, hit me up, God. I want to get you on the show, my brother. All right, everyone, I hope you have a good night. This was a dope, dope conversation. Once again, if you miss any part of it, it will be wherever you get your podcast. DJ K New, my guy. What's up, my brother? Um, shout out to Cameo. Want to connect with your favorite artists, your favorite entertainers, want to get drops, shout outs, want to be singing your song. They got you, all right? Make sure you download that Cameo app. Shout out to Bel Air, Bamboo, Southern Brands. You know the vibes. Beautifulbeautysupply.com. Ladies, you can go there for all your beauty and cosmetic needs. All right, that's it. Peace, love, blessings to everyone. Y'all stay safe out there. Everyone going to Atlanta this weekend. Make sure you wear your mask. So, wear your mask, my brother. Don't come back to New York with the germs. All right, y'all. Much blessings. Uh, peace.